Welcome to NeuroNoodle's Neurofeedback and Neuropsychology Podcast, featuring tech legend Jake Gunkelman. He's the man who has read well over half a million brain scans, and Dr. Marie Swingle, author of iMinds. Our goal is to provide information and promote options for better mental health. The NeuroNoodle Podcast is supported by listeners and businesses just like you. I'll get Nick's right away. Right, Nick? Nick, <laughs> Nick Bolheis. Bolheis. Pete, that is like a first. Uh, that's awesome. Well, I'm known for getting names right around here, Nick. That's awesome. awesome. I need, uh, Nick, I need some Neuropeak. I need a belt. I probably there need three of those belts tied around me. No, we got different sizes. You're, you're oh, going to okay. be fine. All right. If, if they Let's fit start. our big uh, football players, uh, <laughs> you got plenty of space. <laughs> So Nick Ballheis, you're the VP for performance programs at Neuropeak Pro. The belt is the brand. Yeah, it's been an interesting uh, journey. So thanks for uh, chatting today. Excited, excited to be on with y'all. We we've always uh, kind of implemented both biofeedback and neurofeedback with our clients, and uh, we joke our COVID project was to take, especially with our athletes. The, the breathing is such a huge initial tool for them. It's actually a great entry point into the conversation because as much as I want to lead with talking about theta waves and beta waves, it just like goes over their head. Um, right. But if we talk about breathing right away, that's a conversation that you can have with pretty much anybody. And it, you kind of build that, that trust and that relationship. The problem was we had like a briefcase with all their breathing equipment. They have to lug around everywhere. Super effective. They love it, but completely not scalable. So we, uh, our COVID project was to, to create the Intel belt, which basically consolidated the briefcase of equipment into an, an app on your phone that everybody has and then a chest strap. Um, and that uh, we found really helps our peak performers to get started, gives them a quick victory then we can start to talk about neurofeedback and all the, the great benefits that come from that. Okay, Nick, say, say hi to Giancarlo. He just popped in. You saw Dr. Marie, Marie Swingle, author of iMinds, and Jay Gunkelman, the man who has read over 500,000 brain scans, and that's a minimum. And, and Giancarlo. Have... Greetings, Giancarlo. Nice, like nice to said. see you Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. So we have Nick Bullheis, the VP of Performance Programs uh, over at Neuropeak Pro. And how we got together was uh, Netflix came out with a with a nice show uh, that included Kirk Cousins, the pride of Holland, Michigan. Uh, and he had a little device that he put uh, on his forehead and it looked like he was training the CZ area. Jay, for peak performance, uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing. We, we put that little clip out there and it's gotten, a, a, you know, pardon the pun, a lot of feedback. And the, the people <laughs> over at NeuroPeak Pro said, hey, man, we want to get on the show and, you know, talk about, that's our product. Because we had a bunch of people say, hey, what is that? What is, you know, and I've heard of it, but I haven't done any deep diving. So we, we brought Nick on to kind of talk about what the product is and what they're doing. And, you know, from what I see on the internet, it's a lot of, uh, you know, peak performance, but I think it, it can expand in, into other areas. 
so so Nick was Kirk Cousins the first person that uh, was using your your product he said he's been using it for 10 years and I saw Kirk Cousins let's see Michigan State he was at Iowa threw damn three touchdowns against us that's probably when he started using the you know that week it was that week (laughs) he's a unique cat he's he's a uh, a great dresser just like myself uh but he always seems to have you know a calm even keel uh how did that relationship start with kirk cousins was he the first or was there somebody else before that no i think like a lot of us in the field when i started we worked with kids with adhd anxiety academic issues parents were bringing their kids to us for, for non-pharmaceutical interventions for these conditions. And we, we had the good fortune of being connected to a few local athletes that were like, Hey, I'm not diagnosed with anything, but I would like to focus better or perform better under pressure. And it's like, yeah, a lot of these same things we're doing with somebody that's diagnosed, they can benefit anybody. So yeah, um, this is my 17th year um, here. So Kirk was not the first, but it's, it's been a really fun journey working with him, seeing him go from a fourth round draft pick to um, he's done very well for himself uh, in, in the NFL. And he he's just a great guy to work with. Um, you know, again, we were shocked that they talked about neurofeedback for close to three minutes. I mean, there's a they followed these guys around for an entire season. They had hundreds and hundreds of hours of um of film so to think that neurofeedback warranted like three minutes like that's pretty sweet and i think kurt did a great job of uh of articulating it and kurt has just always been that way he's very very willing to share what he's doing and and what has helped him um which which not every athlete has to do that a lot of them it's it's like they're they're closely guarded secret it's their competitive advantage but kirk is is not like that. He understands the benefits of it and, and the greater mission of you know, how neurofeedback can help so many people and biofeedback can help so many people. He wants to, to help get that message out. You guys are in Grand Rapids, right? Correct. Okay. So how far is that from Holland? So I, I mean, the local boy thing, is that what was going on there? Yeah, definitely some, uh, some familial connections. Yeah. You know. He was at Michigan State, which that campus is 45 minutes from us. So, uh, yeah, his senior year is when we started to work together. And uh, again, it's it's like a lot of folks like, hey, I'm I'm going to be graduating from college, getting into my career. What can I do uh, to to be the best uh, that I can possibly be? Well, like Jake Gunkelman says, you know, people will crab about doing neurofeedback training or paying whatever it costs to do it. Yet they will they will spend money to take a couple points off of the golf game because you guys help a lot of golfers out there too, uh, Jordan Spieth and uh, Bryson uh, Deshambo. Did I say that right? Yep, you call it Deshambo. Deshambo. You got you got Bolheist right, really close on Deshambo. Yeah. Okay. All right. Where where do you think the biggest inroads is going to be? Because you know one of the reasons we started this podcast was kind of simplify things for moms and dads out there. So the mainstream would would pick up on it and not be too intimidated, you know, by the brain and all, you know, all the technicalities. I don't know if it's going to be the NFL that's going to do it, or is it going to be golf that's going to do it? Because uh, I mean, you guys are doing a great job. I mean, you know, by far. But how do you, how do you think this is going to take <laughs> neurofeedback to the next level? Because 
Because we 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 Jay's been working on this since '72. Yeah, yeah, and he's done a great job. Um, big big fans of your work over here, Jay. And um, I don't think it's just one person. I don't think it's just one sport. It's it's the continued conversations of of that social proof of we're all well aware of the research that's out there on how beneficial neuro and biofeedback is and and. Uh, just a plethora of conditions and peak performance. But it is amazing how when you go on Netflix, there's just something about that credibility factor of, oh, I saw you on Netflix. Or I remember back in the day when we were in the local newspaper, my grandma saw that, oh, you're in the newspaper. You're legit. <laughs> um, social proof goes a long way. And then again, we're constantly learning. We don't have everything figured out. But I, I had a colleague that once said, what is extremely beneficial and really hard to do in life, especially in this field, is make the complex simple. And it's really easy to lose people in our field when we're trying to explain to them all of the great things, you know, getting to the nitty gritty of a training plan. What I've learned with most of our athletes, hey, tell me what to do. And I'm going to go do it because I trust you. And I, I don't need to know everything. Now, some of them do. Bryson DeChambeau is definitely one that will ask a lot of questions. And, and he's smart enough to understand it. But it's really knowing knowing the audience and being able to articulate things in a way that, all right, I trust you. And I know this is going to help. Yeah. And, and Nick, thank you for, for, for sharing so much of this. Can you, can you guide us through kind of a quick 30,000 foot view um, process of what it's been like for Kurt? Like, how did you on-ramp him? And like, what's his daily routine? How, how is that? What's he, and like, what's he training for? Um, that'd be exciting to, to learn. Well, as you can imagine, after 11 years, we're doing things a little bit different than him than with somebody who walks in off the street. You know, it's like, we're doing graduate level stuff. Um, and it, it, it's funny, again, Netflix captured a lot of film and uh, actually more film after we had already done training. So some of the B-roll, we were like, oh, that's kind of funny that they used that. Kirk is, is a lot like a lot of our athletes where, again, we'll do baseline testing in the off season. We always like to get that full cap on him. Say, okay, you're at your healthiest right, right now. Um, you're going to, and if you watch the series, you see he got banged up a lot last year, not, not just physically. So it's always great to have that, that baseline of where are we at. So if things happen or change throughout the year, we have a reference point. And again, we've been doing full caps on him for a decade. So we have a lot of historical data to be able to go back and reference. Um, when he's in the off season, we can do some more in-depth work because we're face-to-face -face with them. We can do a variety of different protocols that are, you know, you require our staff to be there to do. But then when he's uh, during the season, when we don't have the full array of equipment, it's what you saw him doing in his truck. It's precision breath work every morning and then after practice. And then mo most days it's a, it's a pretty simple single lead protocol that uh, we, we set up for him. And we'll move locations and frequencies depending on what we're seeing in the data. But, but definitely uh, having all that historical data and training gives us kind of our, our in-season versus our off-season protocols, yeah. which is very common yeah. for a lot of our athletes. I have Linda Walker on staff, and she's really quite good at looking 
at the EEG, QEG, uh, and, and uh, uh, kind of coming up with a, a what to train and how to train. So, yeah, yeah. It's, we've got a great team. Linda Walker is on our team. She's fantastic. Rochelle Finselman works closely with, with Linda. Uh, they're fantastic clinicians and um, are, are very instrumental. Um, I love being able to share their names. And, and, and Rochelle was actually with me that day of filming, but didn't want to be on TV. But uh, she's, uh, she's a star and uh, very instrumental in, in the work that we do with all of our clients. Nick Bullheis, what is neurofeedback? Trying to make the complex simple. Uh, we, we look at it as trying to help people optimize their performance, um, whether that be helping you to stay calm and focused in pressure situations, not just being an NFL quarterback, um, but it could be taking an exam or walking into a board meeting or trying to raise uh, a lot of rambunctious children. Um, it's being able to teach your brain to stay calm and focused in those moments and to function at your, at your best using some pretty cool technology. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. And Jay, you've looked at you know, hundreds of thousands of brains I always talk with our staff. This is likely the first time the person you're sitting with has ever looked at their brain. It's a pretty cool opportunity. Never take for granted that you get to show somebody literally how their brain is firing. That's a pretty cool responsibility that we have and an opportunity that we have. Not everybody gets a driver's training course for the brain, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, why, why do you get a physical every year? You know, the, the kids that play high school ball, you got to get a physical every year. And wh why don't they get a, uh, what do you want to call it? A, a mental every year, get your brain checked every year. Do you think that'll ever get mainstream, Nick? Well, we would love that. You know, again, it's the same thing. Like, like I mentioned, we, with Kirk and with several of our other athletes, Hey, let's in the off season, when you're, you know, at your best, let's get the baseline. So if things happen throughout the course of the year, we have something to look at that's objective. Um, so I think as technology improves, um, again, it's, it's for a lot of people, it's accessibility for, for these tools, right? It's whether it's a cost, time, you know, it takes time to put a cap on, you know, record all of that data. So again, as we have more of the social proof, the research is so solid in all of these things. It's, it's not so much that to me, it's accessibility and having more people talking about it makes us accessible. Cause you make the great point. We do preventative maintenance on everything, Pete, you know, we, in the Midwest here, we get our furnaces looked at before the winter because we don't want that thing to break down when it's cold. Why would we think to go to a neurofeedback and a biofeedback practitioner only when we're struggling? Um, let's, see, hey, I'm functioning pretty well, but but maybe I could be doing even better. Why, why don't I strive for that? You can send a team. The amplifiers are so small nowadays. You can send a team of three techs, three amplifiers. I mean, if you had the budget, uh, send it to a high school team and take take a day or two of camp to go in and, and do that. Doesn't take a lot of time, doesn't hurt, and it should it, it should be mandatory. And I would think you know, insurance is another thing. I think if you can have a baseline to say, hey, look, this is where the person's at. Here was an event. Here's the difference. This is going to be our strategy 
to go about it. I'm trying to envision what these roadblocks are, why this isn't being instituted, or we just have to wait till more Netflix shows come up so people can see this to say, oh, that's a good idea. Well, yeah, Netflix will help, I'm sure. And, I, you know, again, I just look at, you know, all of us have been doing this for a while. Um, it was it was even different 10 years ago. So I'm just happy with, you know, the traction that's been made. There's still so much ground to cover. And it, but that's exciting too. You know, there's so many people that aren't exposed to the benefits of this. So it's continuing to to just try to get the the word out there, get the message out there, and you know, definitely the the mental side of things, whether it's mental health in like collegiate athletes and high school athletes, that's much more talked about than even a half a decade ago. The conversations are happening. Life just yeah. it doesn't doesn't happen as quickly as some of us would like. Uh, that uh, as a, a Canadian here, that the U.S. is slightly behind on all of this because if you look at um, uh, European foot football, uh, neurofeedback has, you know, gosh, we're going back 10, 15 years with AC Milan, uh, United Manchester. The other thing in 2010, I don't know whether everybody noticed all of the medals in the Olympics that Canada was all of a sudden winning. Um, and the secret weapon at that point was neurofeedback. And it's not so secret anymore. So yeah, I don't know what the roadblock is in, um, in the US, because I would say the US is equally fanatical about American football as the Europeans are about, um, well, what Americans call soccer. So it's interesting that that hasn't been um, picked up on. Any ideas in, in terms of what the uh, the slow pickup is? Fortunate, we do work with a lot of teams, and I know there are people that work with teams as well. My experience with athletes is they are pitched new stuff all the time. There's There's no limit to things they could try. And as we all know, neurofeedback, you don't typically walk out of your first session or two like, oh, wow, like I feel completely different. You have to you have to give it a little bit of time. And, and that's why kind of the secret sauce we found is the breath work, is the biofeedback, is we're all breathing so poorly that now I can just stick a strap on them and pull up our app and in about five minutes show them, give them some really great data show them how to breathe properly and they feel that right away. So now they're buying in, okay, he's giving me something of value. I've got a quick victory. Now I'm buying more time to, to they're more willing to put in that, that time. But if, if they don't see results right away on whatever the intervention is, they'll just move on to the next. I, I think that's what we found. Um, and a lot of the folks we work with. I'm, I'm just talking about individual interest versus teams uh, or, um, you know, owners investing uh, in this. Yeah, a little bit of both. Again, you'll you'll know like, okay, uh, football, American football team sport. So we do have relationships with teams. But then, yeah, there are athletes. So, oh, my, my teammate, I saw him at his locker doing it. Right, so they'll reach out on their own. But the it's interesting with golf and tennis, uh, very much individual. They don't have a team that's providing that. They have to go build their team of mm -hmm. physios and mental folks. So it is very common for us to see the golfers, the tennis players reach out. And um, it, again, it could be, hey, I saw one of my competitors or my friends on tour do it. And then with, with golf, we're just really fortunate. We work with some of the biggest names in golf. There's a fear of missing out. It's like, well, if 
Jordan Spieth is doing this and Bryson and Zach Johnson. Um, I should be doing this. Golf clued in early, which is good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they get, they're going to win championships and then bam, you're going to be right there. So, so you're going to help us make the pie bigger. That's awesome. What about uh, kids taking tests for the schools that still do standardized tests? Uh, do you, do you have a pitch for the parents out there to say, you know what, not only do I want my kid to have a good golf score to get a scholarship, I want him to do well in the ACT to, to get into a, a brand name school. Yeah. My, my passion is still working with kids. I'll, and I tell that to everybody. I, I love sports. I have a really fun job to, to be able to meet with the people that we get to meet with. But to me, it's, uh, it's building that social proof so that the high school kid who aspires to be the next Jordan Spieth or Kirk Cousins, they'll want to do this. And that's, that's exactly what I tell the parents. Hey, they're coming into this to help them play better on the field or the court. But that focus that they're going to improve is going to help them in the classroom as well. So sport is the hook for a lot of these kids and these parents. And, and they get that uh, loud and clear. So, Working. Yeah in Australia with the Australian Institute for Sports was kind of like an Olympic uh, yeah. organizing uh, club. Um, they, they found that their elite athletes were having a common complaint of insomnia. And uh, sleep is absolutely crucial at the high level. If, if you're going to be a peak performer, you've got to be able to sleep in order to recover from the wear and tear of the workouts. And also REM allows you to remember what you've learned from your coaches that day. So if you want to end up performing at your highest level, sleep is an essential. That was a big complaint with their athletes. We actually did a study with them. Uh, they, we did SMR training for sleep and they had a control group. Uh, they were tracking uh, with a, 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 a Pittsburgh sleep inventory, which is a, a quick self-report, and also Actigraph, which is a kind of a, like a Fitbit for a sleep lab, basically. And uh, they, uh, they uh, 24 training sessions was adequate uh, for them to have very, very positive results. Based on that study, they've instituted SMR training as a routine EG training for anybody who has any kind of an insomnia complaint. Now, if you're an elite athlete in Australia, I'll guarantee you're going to be in an upside down time zone somewhere competing. So, uh, you know, you, you only compete <laughs> so many places in Australia. You're going to be in, you know, North America, South America, Europe, Asia, somewhere. Uh, and um, if you don't have really intact sleep uh, uh, techniques and hygiene, um, <laughs> you're, you're not going to be peaked at an international event. You're going to be uh, in, a, in a trough. Uh, so uh, um, the training is essential. The, the higher the performance, the more likely you are to need a tune-up. Yeah. You know, no, you're, you're exactly right. And, and yeah. we have organizations reaching out to us that sleep is their key metric that they want to improve. Like, yeah. can you help us sleep? Yeah. Yep. We sure can. And, and that's all they care about because they realize 
like you mentioned, the just the plethora of things that sleep impacts. It's a huge thing. And neurofeedback, people have known clinically that we can improve sleep onset and wakefulness insomnia. And they've been saying, yes, we can treat that since the 90s, actually since the late 80s. But, you know, uh, efficacy literature has to support what you're doing. Uh, if, if your uh, licensing board called you on the carpet for what you're doing, you'd have to have some kind of evidence to support what you were doing. And uh, initially, Sturman made some comments about the cats having better sleep spindles after they were trained with SMR. Well, that's not efficacy literature, you know, that, that's cats. They, they draw and quarter you in a, in, a, in a licensing board at that point. Um, uh, Lubar made a, a throwaway comment in the discussion section of a paper. Oh, by the way, the hyperactive kids that learned SMR reported that they slept better. Well, that's helpful, but it's not evidence, you know, it's, it, it's an anecdote. Um, it wasn't actually until 2005 when a group in Europe at Salzburg at the Consciousness and Sleep Lab, they had been exposed to the virus of neurofeedback in 2000, 2001, contaminated the lab back in Salzburg, and they were doing neurofeedback experiments. And one of them that they did was basically uh, for university level insomnia complaints, uh, the students that were complaining of insomnia. 10 sessions of SMR, sufficient. It was replicated exactly in Graz, Austria. The control group got a different frequency training every single time for 10 days. Uh, the, the training group got SMR every, every single time for 10 days. And, uh, uh, you know, good positive outcomes. It's difficult to articulate just how much NeuroPeak Pro has improved my ability to play quarterback. When I find I'm in flow and I'm playing my best, it's because I'm not thinking, it's because I'm reacting. And I think precision breathing allows you to unlock that ability. Just go play and be at your best. Hey guys, it's Pete. You want to get 10% off the NeuroPeak Pro Intel belt? Go to tinyurl.com slash neuronoodle or go to NeuroPeak Pro and enter in coupon code neuronoodle. Get 10% off. They then brought in really severe clinical insomniacs. They found 10 sessions wasn't adequate. We replicated at, at Alliant University down in San Diego, uh, the, the clinical branch of that. We simply did 24 training sessions because it was my experience that that was adequate for the elite athletes in Australia that we worked with. So we set up with severe clinical insomniacs, 24 training sessions, and it was effective. So there is, and that was Diego Garcia Rodriguez's PhD dissertation. Uh, so, and uh, all of this basically now forms an evidentiary support for doing SMR style training for insomnia. So your licensing board can't, you know, chastise you. You're, you're doing state of the art, you know, absolutely top grade work. So. That's wonderful. And that's a great foundation. And now, you know, clinicians, we can have our client wear uh, an aura ring or wear a whoop strap and, you know, they can wear it for a week. This is what we do in our office in Los Angeles. They'll wear it for at least a week or two, get a baseline of their sleep. And then we can track how much yeah. deep sleep, how much light sleep, how much REM sleep, how is that improving over, over their training? And yeah. so now we have 
some actual objective data that we can use even within, you know, within the, the, the clinical setting as well. So yeah. it's, it's nice to build on top of all the work that they've done in the past. So it's, it's pretty wonderful. Having had a three-bed sleep lab in the past, the, the amount of data you can get off of a Fitbit or an Aura Ring or an Apple Watch, I'm absolutely astounded. I mean, we had 16 channels wired up. You were wired up for everything, yeah. including sound, you know, uh, straps yeah. on your chest and on your abdomen, thermistors and, and uh, airflow for your nose and your mouth, uh, 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 electrodes under your chin for your tongue muscle that tension. It really helps you sleep, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, if you have insomnia, they won't test you at first in the first place because you won't yeah. qualify. But it, yeah. it, if you have a true sleep disorder, it doesn't matter how much crap you have strapped on you. If they can point you at a bed, you're going to go to sleep. You know, um, yeah. a, a severe sleep disorder, people, they'll, they'll sleep on the drop of a hat. And the MSLT, the screening test that they have during the afternoon, they basically just hook up the EEG. They don't care about the rest of it because you have to qualify for the rest of it to get hooked up. But if you fall asleep too fast, that's an indication <clears throat> you're not sleeping well at night. And um, yeah. they don't have things like an, a week's worth of an aura ring or a Fitbit or something. That is really useful. You can see time, time of day that they went to sleep, uh, that uh, you can start to look at how late in the evening did the heart rate drop. Oh, you ate just before you went to bed? Ah, no yeah. wonder your body was still busy while you were sleeping, you know? So yeah. uh, you, you, you can start to intervene with sleep hygiene improvements and you know, when I heard sleep hygiene in the sleep lab the first time, I thought it was like taking a shower or something. But it's, you <laughs> know, it's, it's, you know it's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, but and, and and you know, and what makes it interesting too, you know, working with concussions for 15 years, and Nick, I'd be curious to, to hear you know your perspective as well. You know, it's very well known in concussion literature that you know concussions affect sleep, like it, it throws off your, your your sleep capacity, sleep depth. You know, and so. Um, to be able to do neurofeedback to help heal some of the tissue, you know, restore some of the brain function um, from a hardware, per, you know, uh, perspective is oftentimes the missing link when they've been trying to do all of the hygiene and it's still not working, right? Because there's something physiological that was injured. Uh, and so I'm curious, Nick, do you also, you know, do you guys do uh, SMR training for when, when, when there's, you know, small concussions or, or repetitive concussions? Yeah, I mean, each case is unique. You know, it's a case by case. Um, yeah, there's obviously, you know, evidence-based protocols for a variety of conditions. You know, we still like to gather the data on the individual though and say, well, what does this brain need? Because it, it is a unique brain. Um, so that's why we definitely like to have baselines when we can, but that's not always the case. Sometimes it's, hey, they're, they're reaching out because they need help right now. And we, we do what we can with the data that we can collect. But um, yeah, yeah it, it is amazing how wearables have uh, really helped over the last decade, decade and a half. And uh, again, that's why we created our own as well. I mean, we've been service providers forever using other people's equipment. That was great, but I got to the point with, especially with breathing where it's like, hey, we, we're getting all this great data. Like I wore an aura. Um, one of the things our, our, our uh, clients would say is, okay, I have all this data, but what do I do with it? That That's yeah. part of the issue we see as well is, yeah, there's no shortage of data, but it's yeah. what what's the right amount? Like what's the, what's the important stuff? Synthesize it down to give the person what they need 
to be actionable to uh, to help to improve their quality of life. Uh, that's key too. Having had a three bed sleep lab, you end up having a great deal of exposure to masses of data about sleep, and it, it does help to be able to integrate all the pieces into a model of what can be done to improve it. Uh, the the interaction between traumatic brain injury and sleep is is something that's been studied. Um, after you have an injury, your body actually releases a hormone called elastin. If you twist your ankle and you didn't release elastin, by the time it was healed, you'd have a solid ankle. You wouldn't be able to move the damn thing. So your body actually loosens connective tissue. Temporarily, it's easier to twist your ankle again, but it gives it, it allows you to heal up okay at the end. Well, elastin isn't just in your ankle. It's, it's a hormone. It circulates around. All of your connective tissue is loosening. If you snored before, you snore a lot now. If you snored mm. a lot, you now obstruct. If you obstructed a little, you obstruct a lot. Um, a sleep apnea, obstructive sleep apnea and head trauma have a relationship that's unfortunately all too common and it's not well enough known. Um, and, and individuals that have uh, uh, difficulty with the quality of their sleep may need to actually uh, be tracked on, on how their respiratory function is doing at night. Uh, ju just the sound of a microphone uh, picking up the sound during the night is usually enough to end up uh, uh, catching the loud snore and the gasp. The gasp is the indication that they, you know, they were obstructed long enough. They had to wake up and take a <gasps> recovery breath, you know, and those, yeah. uh, when you hear one of those, you know, they've, they've got to be on a PAP device of some sort, a uh, positive airway pressure device. Otherwise, they're going to end up uh, slowly changing circulation in the brain uh, and uh, slow onset of ischemia from apneas. Nick, let's move yeah. some units here. You got quarterback coaches, chess coaches, golf coaches, you know, they watch the Netflix and they see Kirk Cousins and they see your brand. And it's one thing to be in the NFL and it's another thing to be in high school. And the NFL difference between first and 10th place, I mean, the best of the best of the best of the best, you know, the difference is so minuscule. But getting to high schools and colleges, a quarterback coach may say, hey, you know what? that doesn't look that expensive. What is, first of all, it's all relative, you know, what's it worth it to you? I don't think your product costs $15,000 or $25,000 like some of the amplifiers that uh, I have in my office. If a coach is looking at this, say, you know what, I want to try this to give my, my team an edge mentally. How would they start with your product? How, how does that work? Yeah, for sure. And again, uh, there's the foundation of breathing. It, that helps everybody. Everybody could benefit from being more intentional with their breath work. And again, realizing that the breathing equipment that our, our athletes were carrying around was a couple thousand dollars when you factor in the, the laptop, the encoder, the, all the equipment, that's not scalable. So we were able to, to create our device and retail it for $199. And so um, I look at it even in, in, our, in, in the clinical field, Wait, Go can ahead. you say that again? $199. $199. Yep. What's, what's the catch, Nick? Come there, on. There, there is no catch. Um, 
really we see a whole world of people out there that could benefit from biofeedback and neurofeedback. So, you know, historically, if we, if we dive all in with neurofeedback, yeah, there's a cost with that equipment, you know, um, this allows people to take, to dip their toe into the water and say, Hey, I'm, I, I spent 199 bucks on my kids, one-on-one um, -on -one throwing session uh, for one hour. Let's do this. The whole family can benefit from it. Everybody can can use the device. They set up their own free account on the app, and mom, dad, kids can all share the belt. If they then want to pursue other trainings down the road, they can, but it really limits their exposure. And and we just look to for people that were coming into our clinical settings back into the day. We had great equipment for them to practice on when they were running a session with us in the office, but you know, and there's other devices that will measure heart rate. The, the unique thing with the Intel belt is it measures your physical respiration. So it measures, you can see on the screen, the movement of your diaphragm when you breathe, as well as your heart rate, much like the equipment that we use in our office. So now you can send your client home and say, okay, I'm not going to see you till next week. But now you have a tool that will, you can interface with at home at a very inexpensive, very affordable price. Um, yeah. And then for clinicians, we created a dashboard. That was always a, a big thing too, is different equipment we would use back in the day wasn't cloud-based. Now, part of it was just technology didn't, that didn't exist years ago. But having that visibility to log in and see exactly the sessions your clients are running and to know, hey, one, are they doing it or not? Um, and then, yeah, what does their data look like? So when they come back in for their next session with you, you have some great talking points. Hey, I, I've noticed you've run four sessions this week and your heart rate data looks like this and your breathing metrics look like that. So we, we really created it from the service provider's mindset of what did we like about other products? What was lacking? And then let's, let's create it one for the service provider. But then we've also gamified breathing as well where it's one thing to say, hey, you need to do 10 minutes of breathing per day or 20 minutes of breathing per day and cross it off your list. Um, we set up the, the algorithm that the better your breathing and the better your nervous system is responding, the more points you get. Um, so you can set daily goals. Okay, do I wanna get 10,000 points today? Much like we know you should get 10,000 steps. Um, mm -hmm. We kind of prescribed and made this aspirational target for people to get to. And then there's leaderboards and all that. So you can log in and say, hey, you stack up to other users. So we've really tried to make breathing fun so that you don't uh, get sick of it. Because if you don't practice it, yeah. you're not gonna get the benefit of it. Nick, and this is really great because, and this is something I'd love to talk to you after we're, we're you know, we're recording this. Um, yeah. Because I see two huge benefits for the, the, let's just say the child or the athlete. Um, one is going to be obviously they can get you know, mentally back in the zone, right? You know, fourth quarter, they're exhausted. Um, they need to now lean on their breath work to get them back into, there's that thing called the Yerkes-Dodson law, right? Like, like back into that positive zone where you're able to be, be alert and focused, but not overly stressed or, to, or the other extreme, which is exhausted, right? So mental, mental zone is huge for any athlete. And it seems like this is obviously a, a heart rate variability tool that is an amazing that you know has that capacity. But the second thing that you're saying that I haven't thought about until now, and tell me if I'm wrong, um, you're also teaching them diaphragmatic breathing in the sense that that's going to be helpful for just overall stamina, 
right? I mean, if I, I mean, we all know how many people are doing the, the shallow chest breathing and they're not accessing their diaphragm. And so they're not learning how to do that, you know, diaphragmatic breathing that really affects cardiovascular um, endurance. So am I, am I tracking right? Like, it, does it, does it yeah. have both benefits? hundred percent. Again, yeah. we've used great clinical grade equipment over the years that huge benefit, just not scalable one from a cost and also just from an ease of use standpoint. So we wanted to recreate that and we have. And so like, yeah, golf, you don't talk about cardio, but our hockey players anecdotally, they're like, yeah, when I'm done with a shift, I'm not tired. Like I used to be because they're engaging the diaphragm, deeper, slower breathing, you know, but then you get into the psychological benefits of engaging the diaphragm with improved vagal tone and all of these things. So that's, that's the difference. That's why we had to create this because there wasn't a, a wearable tech that would not only show you all the heart rate variability metrics, but actually show you your physical respiration because yeah. that's ultimately you that, what that you need to get feedback. Yeah. Right. In yeah. Real time. Yeah. So yeah. Cause it's Very hard to access the diaphragm. It's hard to access the yeah. diaphragm. So the fact that you've got that real time feedback, I, I like that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. It's that quick victory. For, for the individual, whether it's an athlete or anybody, it's, this is how you normally breathe. And well, especially now for the golf, this the, way. For the golfers out there, first of all, I, I stink at golf, always will, will never pick it up. But what I've heard is it's definitely a mind game. And I think what your product does and what the breathing does, the 199 or whatever you're paying for is you're paying for uh, the gift of knowing that you have control. If you feel like you have control, that helps with anxiousness, the fear of the unknown, and all the voices in your head. You know what? I have control over this. Just look. If I take a deep breath versus a shallow breath, here's you know my high, heart rate. And I think that is a, a great thing. And getting back to the schools, Nick, I really do believe preschool, first grade, second grade, I think teaching kids how to breathe that early will serve them better through life because Dr. Marie, their formative years are under five years. I'm not a doc. Okay. That's why I I have docs on the show, but their formative years are happening right now. What they're learning now can affect them the rest of their life. Right. Beautiful news is that's happening. It's just a matter of disseminating and have more and more, um, you know, schools doing that. Sometimes it's at the teacher level, sometimes it's at the uh, institutional level. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, formal mindfulness or just everybody lying on their uh, their backs before nap time and doing, you know, a little bit of belly breathing, it, it, it's happening. Um, but it, it should be more broad spread. Yeah. Well, I don't even want to get into the counselors, but if you can get into the phys ed classes, this this yeah. would be a no-brainer, like health. I mean, you can teach them about the pyramid. Remember the pyramid food group? I don't even know if that's if McDonald's is included. Unfortunately, it's not so true, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you can include that into the school system somehow, look, the, the next generation of kids that are coming out will be more prepared to deal with social media scrutiny. Well, that, that's again, that's why I'm, I have that passion. If we can help kids that are dealing with stuff at eight, 10, 12. Um, life does not get any easier as you get older, uh, both environmentally, but also just neurologically. We know what happens to the brain as it ages. So if they're ill-equipped at 10 to handle stress, life's not gonna be good. And the, and the cool thing is there are tools. I mean, you're gonna breathe for the next 10 minutes regardless. 
Um, yeah. I joke with people. And, like, and, why, why don't you yeah. do it the right way for the next 10 minutes? Yeah. That 10 minutes of breathing is the butterfly flapping its wings in the Amazon that changes the life trajectory of the kid. The entire life trajectory is changed from that. And, and if you can intervene early and give a skill set like that, you, yeah. you've, you've given them a whole different end point. And um, right. those are transferable skills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Emotional regulation, you know, sweet spot yeah. there is all that fine tuning from seven to nine. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's promote all of that, all of us, please, because it, it doesn't have well, to be this complicated. You know, we all love our, our apps and our devices, but uh, if we get in early and just make this quote unquote, or air quotes, natural. <laughs> um, I'd like to mention about yeah. golf for a moment. Go right Martine, Martine Arns did an EEG golf study, and they showed that the EEG for the few seconds before the putt predicted mm -hmm. whether the putt was going to be successful or not. Yeah. Yeah, there's some cool work. Jay, you probably know the original work, actually in archery. There is that perfect crossover of the calm and the focus and always got the bullseye. And that's what was applied later to golf. And yeah. I think that's why golf for the, the first folks to really catch on because it's just, you know, absolutely yeah. black and white on the screen. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool and, stuff. And, and they will pay good money for a couple of points shaved off their game, you know? So yeah. is it possible? And then Jay and Giancarlo, Dr. Marie, please chime in. Is it possible to take Kirk Cousins' brain, do the 19 channel on it, do the QEEG, and license that to be able to compare it against other people that put in their uh, brain scans to train against Kirk Cousins' brain. Do you see that happening in the future? Would that work even? Uh, I mean, we have to ask Kirk first because it's his brain. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, when you look at like the normative databases that are great that we all use, it's a normative database and, and it's typically, you know, we've always looked at it. Hey, for a clinical population, it's great to train to, you know, Z equals zero, but yeah. What if I don't want to be normal? What if I want to be, you know, the top 10% in the world at whatever. Um, so yeah, theoretically that exists. I know people are doing work with that. And, and yeah. you know, anecdotally, we work with a lot of athletes. So you do see patterns after a while and um that does factor into protocols like hey yeah you kind of look like this person and this is what's worked for them and based upon their goals so um yeah i'll just say yeah well I, i'm just yeah. saying like yeah. tom let's just say well, there, tom brady says there's, there's endophenotypic patterns yeah. that are yeah. clusters and for each phenotype there's a way to optimize it uh, 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 no matter what hand you're dealt, there's a way to play it. You know, a pair of twos can win, but you've got to be damn good at bluffing, you know? So yeah. um, we, we, we basically, I don't think we'll end up with one archetype that we need to right. consider a, a, a template to try to aspire to, but a few. Um, each phenotype has, again, a, a way to optimize uh, their, their outcome. And yep. um, oh, sorry. I, I think uh, personalization um, is important, um, but everybody's got phenotypes and those phenotypes 
put them into groups that get the same kind of treatment. And, and the, the diagnosis or uh, complaint quite often doesn't predict um, that you have to you have to look at their brain activity to identify the phenotype. You can't listen to the story and and make a good guess. If that would work, the DSM would be valid. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Pete, you're going to have to cut me off because I could go on and on and on about this. It's a key component also of, you know, the, the, the clinical research that we do. You know, we talk about direction versus correction. We talk about epigenetics, all of these things. But, you know, absolutely guarantee you Einstein's brain was not normative. OK, but you want to be really careful about what you're training to, because, you know, for example, what's the fine line between being super, super on the ball and an anxious mess? You know, the, the same, um, you know, signature or ratio or amplitude could mean something really positive for one person versus the other. And there are so many, so many signatures or markings or, or as Jay would say, phenotypes, um, double edged sword, two sided coin. You know, what's the fine line between drive and obsession? Um, all of you working in athletics, you know, uh, good old theta beta at 01 okay we almost see that ridiculously low in all of our extremely successful elite athletes but also in every single uh, downtrodden horrendously compromised addict okay what's the difference right direction versus correction what uh, the brain hooked or what the person hooked when trolling one person caught sport the other person caught drugs so looping back into what was nick was saying i love working with what i affectionately call the really really busy body busy brain kids and helping to direct i don't want to dampen them down and make them neutral or normative or typical pardon my language but hell no not that you know, you, you want to take that phenotype, guide it, direct it, and make that person yeah. the best they can be. Um, and if I yeah. could just kind of loop up a little bit, um, these very busy, uh, bodied, busy brain <clears throat> children, oh my gosh, they're so hard to parent and they're so hard to educate. But they are so right. worth it. These are our leaders, our shakers, our pro athletes, our diplomats, our inventors, our entrepreneurs. So I am so anti-neutral. Um, now, normative databases, mm -hmm. et cetera, boy, oh boy, they have their space. Um, but again, Jay knows and Pete knows I'm really, really into clinical databases. And then, of course, the mix and match. So as I yeah. said, shut me up because I could go on and, and on and on. No, no, that's Be great. So that's careful great, what you train yeah. in. No. <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. And also, you know, what's nice about the breath work, I'm going back to the intel belt, is that they get to steer a little bit, right? They get to change their state. It's a state change tool. And, uh, you know, in the words of uh, Andrew Huberman, uh, you know, out of Stanford, he, he differentiates a lot between state change tools and trait change tools. And so to teach somebody to kind of steer their level of arousal right, to try to find that, that sweet spot where they're at and teach them how to become self-empowered is huge, right? Um, and, and neurofeedback, like when you take it to the next level, now it's a trait change tool. Now you get to fine tune some of the things that you've been dealt with. And, and so I think to, you know, start with the, the state change tools and start with the, the biofeedback and start with the breath work, I think is a, is a profound on-ramp for anybody, right? Any, any athlete, any child, but yes, 
um, we, we often find that we have uh, um, athletes that come in and they have blazing fast processing speed, blazing fast. And we actually have to help them slow it down. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they've now gone so fast, they're dysregulated so fast that they can't focus so fast that the other parts of the brain can't coordinate and and it's dysrhythmic. And so we actually have to help them slow down. And they they say, I don't want to slow down. And we have to say, well, you're going to go more towards optimal. Right. And for other people. Right. Jay knows this. He's he's been on a lot of the cases I worked on where we had to speed somebody up, right? Because of whether it was, it was a concussion or other things like that. And so again, there's also that optimal for that individual. So I agree with you, Dr. Mary. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's important to understand that each person is not a blank slate, right? Yeah. But, and, but, and that's where I, you could probably hear my enthusiasm that that just pumps me up all really, really working with the individualization, um, not not trying to clone somebody. Um, yeah, that that's that's the exciting the really well, exciting stuff, seeing how the same type of profile is absolutely fabulous for for one individual, but not not working for another and, and working on that fine tuning. OK, is it working for you? Or is it not like this is yeah. is this obsessive stubbornness or is this that that drive that's going to get you the gold medal? Yeah. What we're trying to do is pick up on the momentum of of Kirk Cousins using Nick's product to expand mm-hmm. the pie. So more people get involved to question yeah. the governments, to get insurance, to pay for 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 mental health, mm-hmm. to really have you know parity laws. <clears throat> Nick, Kirk Cousins is a quarterback and quarterbacks. When they fail in, in professional sports, they fail mentally more than physically. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, physically, you look at the top 10, 15, 20 quarterbacks in the NFL, there's very, very little that separates them physically. They it's, have to process information quickly, decipher. That, that, that's where they, they they fall apart. And, and, and that's where, you know, neurofeedback comes into play. Same with golf. Where do you see the future of your product where, where you got, you have the belt, you're doing HRV, but we're, you know, what do you see five, 10 years down the line? Because that's kind of where all the technicians and all the owners of amplifiers out there that are doing 19 channel scans, they're like, what's Nick's company going to do? Because that's going to be the marketing for, for the service that we provide. What do, what do you see ahead? Yeah, no, we're really excited. Um, again, Everybody's talking about breathing in the performance space right now. It's a very common conversation. We have a very scalable tool that helps a ton of people. But we have kind of an innovation pipeline. Like we have the next product and the next product already in the design phase. So as this takes off, um, again, we're all using equipment and technology that didn't exist 10 years ago. That's really good. So it's it's continuing to get the word out there. Uh, piggyback on the conversations that are taking place with reputable people and and just continuing to have every conversation you can. Um, that's that's what we're trying to do. Oh, it's, give us a hint, Nick. Come on, just us us gals here. Give you what? Give us a little hint. What do you got cooking out there? No, I mean, obviously, there's some cool things we're thinking about from a breathing standpoint. Uh, we love where the Intel belt is right is at right now. We just had a recent app update that's been received fantastic. But there's there's some other things that we can do with breathing, even from a from a in-game or in-process standpoint, that'll be really helpful for people. And I still look at EEG. 
Um, there's a lot more we can do with EEG as well as, as technology. Because I know people are, we've been working for decades to make that uh, less expensive, yet still good signal quality and those things. So we're actively talking with, I think, the right people in various industries to, to leverage that. And it, it's, it's about aligning with the right people that have, have a network or have a, a voice that can, can take this still kind of a niche industry and um, not compromise it. Again, we don't want to sacrifice you know, efficacy and all that, but we're, we're primed as a field for some really cool things based upon the conversations that are going on. We just have to have the right conversations. I have to say your price point on your belt uh, is really quite nicely done. Um, and um, uh, hell, I, I live near the Napa Valley and uh, I, I've seen many people put down one bottle of wine uh, that was more expensive than that at a good dinner. So, you know, it's, uh, the, the price point is easily um, uh, easily acceptable uh, in a in a team level. Uh, parents pay more than that for other gear for their kids mm -hmm. during the game season. So, uh, it, it, I, I think you've got yourself a wonderful product with a a, a, a hot market. So, um, yeah. yeah so, how does somebody buy your product? How does somebody yeah, buy wrap your it up here? Uh, go to our website neuropeakpro.com. We've got the Intel belt plastered all over the front page. So neuropeakpro.com. And I don't know if this is okay to, to throw this out there, but we, you know, oftentimes when I go on a podcast, we'll do a little bit of a deal. Um, we have a coupon code for, for NeuroNoodle. They'll get 10% off. So if, uh, if your uh, viewers or listeners go to the website as they're checking out, type in NeuroNoodle, they'll get 10% off. Uh, yeah. Get on that. That's how they're going to figure out we're worth it. Then we can get some money out of these guys, Jay. <laughs> and then we'll find out how many people are watching and listening and buying. There you go. Hey, but, good, uh, stuff. good stuff. Yeah, no, we're excited yeah. and um, yeah, really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to come and talk to you all today. This was fun. This was a blast. Oh, outstanding. Nick Bullheis, NeuroPeak Pro. Thank you so much for coming on the show with Jay Gunkelman, Dr. Marie Swindle, and our friend Gene Carlo. Vital Brain Health. The NeuroNoodle Podcast is supported by listeners and businesses just like you. It's made such a difference for me in handling stressful situations. This is a place for an athlete not only to find a competitive advantage, but to really become a healthier version of themselves, which I would argue is far more important than the improvements as an athlete. Hey guys, it's Pete. You want to get 10% off the NeuroPeak Pro Intel belt? Go to tinyurl.com slash neuronoodle or go to NeuroPeak Pro and enter in coupon code neuronoodle. Get 10% off.